0: Movement. I am your host, Rob Z. This platform was created for you to break those chains that have been holding you back in your life. I love to speak about transformation and breakthrough, I feel like in life, we get stuck at various points throughout our life, in many different places, and we have to find that breakthrough to get to the next level of our potential. We were created with unlimited potential, right, and to help us Find that next level of our potential. We must have those breakthroughs. So I love to bring people on the podcast who have incredible stories of breakthrough to give you an example that it's possible to give you the faith, the strength, the courage, the perseverance to keep going to find those breakthroughs in your life. Because if you keep going with intention and faith, you will reach those breakthroughs and find more of your true self. And today I'm bringing a very powerful guest on Lee Smith. So Lee is a speaker. Performance consultant at Upcycle Coaching, specializing in empowering entrepreneurs and professionals to boost their stage and camera confidence by reshaping their self talk. With over 30 years of experience in public speaking, she's honored her skill, she's honed her skills through Toastmasters International, Brendan Bouchard's World's Greatest Speaker Training, and Les Brown's Power Voice Academy. Some big names in there. Lee's expertise also extends to neuro linguistic programming. Aiding clients in overcoming limiting beliefs and silencing their inner critic for authentic and dynamic presentations. She's a powerful unstuck story for us today. Lee, thank you so much for being a part of the unstuck movement.
1: Thank you, Rob. It's an honor and a pleasure to be here.
0: Yes. So cool to have you here. Always love talking to you and love chatting with you and learning from you. So today, uh, as with every episode, I start these episodes out with a question. We ask better questions in our lives. We get greater answers in our life. The better answers we get, the more breakthrough we have. Right. So the question I want to ask you to kick things off is how did you transform the massive depression that you were experiencing in your life? And how did that transformation lead to your unstuck story?
1: That is definitely a great and powerful question. So thank you for asking that. And I I, I want to take us on, on a journey to the islands of Hawaii. And hopefully you've seen pictures or you've been there yourself and you can recall the beautiful paradise that it is. And I happened to be there on one glorious sunset and I'm watching my husband in front of me with a camera and he's got the lens sticking out from his face, almost like Pinocchio's nose. He's trying to capture just the perfect lighting to grab those beautiful pictures. And my young teenage daughter at the time, she's cradled in my arms and we're having this mother daughter moment and off to the other side of me is my stepson he's grown and out of the house at this point but he's on holiday with us and his girlfriend and so i'm surrounded by family by people that i love most and i'm on this beautiful island watching the golden orb setting on that sapphire horizon the gentle breeze caressing our face and i start thinking to myself in this moment i'm here with my family on a holiday, we had 23 days across four islands. There are so many people who don't even get to come to even one island. So I am having this experience that people don't even get even once in a lifetime. And Rob, when that thought crossed my mind, I had this weird sensation and I realized I'm only thinking this. I'm not feeling what is supposed to be this super incredible moment and that's when I had this awareness while I was asking myself why am I not feeling this and I had this like tiny it felt like a tiny white bubble of, wait I'm I'm not who I really am and wait I've been fighting a depression and I went as I was thinking back a little bit I was like, oh. I know I've been battling this and I've been battling that and battling this and battling that. And it all came together in this massive awareness of I have been fighting a massive depression. And because I'm such a hoppy go lucky person in general, it was something I had masked even from myself. Mm. And so to have this awareness of who am I right now, standing on this beach in this treasure of a moment with my family and here in this beautiful of God's creation and not to be fully experiencing it I was present in a way but that I, I knew I wasn't soaking in what it was fully meant to be and then it was out of that awareness thinking this is not who I am because Robin High School I was so energetic and so full of life I w- I was known as living loving laughing Lee and I knew that nickname was not in alignment with who I was standing on that beach and I could feel myself thinking I'm covered in just that is like dust with a J where I'm just a wife. I'm just a mother. I'm just a stay at home mom. I'm just a stepmother. I'm just a daughter. I'm just a sister. I am just a woman so depressed right now. And I don't feel fully alive. And then it was I know this is not who I want to be. This has, this has got to change right here. This is where we draw the proverbial line in the sand, step over it. Don't look back and and make that change. But I was so lost in that moment. And I had this magical question, if you will, that landed in my space. I remember hearing it in my mind, you know, whether it was the Holy Spirit or God himself saying, well, Lee, what does make you happy? and to stand there clueless when for so many moments of my life I always knew what made me happy what would light me up and, and get me going and in that moment I, I just felt like I was standing there frozen in that cluelessness and I thought okay that's it that's that's it that's what I have to figure out there's a new year coming out coming right around the corner in just a few days and I don't care how selfish it seems to anybody else, even if it's my husband. And we were struggling at that time. And I thought, even if it seems selfish to him or anybody else, I need to make myself number one right now. I know what it takes to make my husband happy. We've been married for 15, 16 years. I knew how to how to figure that out. I knew how to bring a smile to my young daughter's face. And I knew even though I didn't have the best relationship with my steps and I knew how to appease him. But when it came to me. I couldn't come up with anything. And fast forwarding to where we are today, Rob, I I, I want to challenge our viewers and, and listeners. Do you know what makes you happy? Do you really know? I, I learned from Dean Graziosi at one of the seminars that he was teaching. He said, if I have found that if you ask a lot of people, if you ask 100 people, do you know what makes you happy? 80% of the time, do you know what you'll hear? what doesn't make them happy. Mm. And they don't really know what makes them happy. And I said, okay, that's so when my moment happened for me, I said, yes, I am going on a quest to figure it out. And I also thought, again, still standing on that beach thinking, well, I I want a word to anchor me in this journey. I had heard of friends picking a word for the year and and letting that help them along the journey. i had never done that before. And I thought, That's going to be my first task right here. What now? Right now, what word do I want to use? And I thought, I want to use the word laugh. Because at this point, I can't remember when was the last time I laughed, genuinely laughed. And I thought, yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. So when we got back stateside after the holiday, I I thought, okay, I'm going to do whatever it takes to make me laugh. And I did three key things, Rob. First, admittedly, it was Sitting on the corner of the couch watching reruns of Friends because that's my favorite sitcom, and no matter how many times I watch it, I know all the lines. I know what's going to happen next. Those six characters would get me busted up laughing. Okay, all right, we'll do that. When I found my energy through that laughter, I'm like, I need to get out of the house and do something. And there was a local comedy troupe that put on an improv show every weekend the first three months of the year. So almost every weekend I was down front and center and I was working out my socks, working out my cheeks and I was getting my laughter on. And then I was networking within the community and I knew the people who had an amazing sense of humor. And I thought, oh, if I just get in their space, maybe some of that humor or at least the laughter would rub off on me. And after three, four, six months of doing that, Rob, I found my happiness again. It came through the laughter and I was able to rediscover who I am. And this amazing thing happened one day where I just felt the sensation in my heart. And it was like this light breaking and like pieces of the darkness, the cakeness coming, coming off. And I felt the light like sliding up my body from my heart. And it came into my ear and there was this whisper and it was Well, now that I'm here, what do you want to do with me? And I thought, oh, who's asking this? And I could feel this, feel this amazing and beautiful light all over me. And I'm like, it's joy, I joy, because joy is that feeling that comes from within, right? And I thought, like, oh, oh, yeah, what do I want to do with you? And I hear this laughter in the back back of my mind, and it was my eight-year-old self a little girl who got up in front of 300 people in in her church and proclaimed the scriptures at, at a church service and that was my first experience with public speaking and I just remember 300 faces looking back at me with smiles and that wonderful feeling of like I'm touching people's lives and so that little girl said remember that feeling let's go chase that feeling again and I thought, Absolutely. Yes. This is what I want to do with my joy because I have loved public speaking ever since I was eight years old. Any opportunity that I could share a story, share an idea or share a question and see what the feedback was or how it landed on the audience. I thought, yes, I want to do that. I bored so much of myself into being a stay-at-home mom, which was also a dream of mine, but now my daughter's grown. She's, well, well, Truth now, yeah, she's graduated. She's off in college doing her own thing, fantastic. Just like, yeah, now what do I do with myself? That next chapter, it's like, oh, let's come back to that inner child, that true being of who I am and start putting myself out there as a speaker. And I've been speaking ever since. And wow, I'm happier than I've ever been, but it really took that one question to get honest with myself of what makes me happy and that created that transformation And because of the depression, I had put on quite a bit of weight. And so my energy was sluggish. And when that little girl came back and I started out having all these streams, I thought, I'm going to need energy to do all the things that I want to do to be able to pursue all of this. Well, I can't do that feeling sluggish and all of that. I need to get my health back in order. And it takes routine and it takes making those right decisions And it was from those little steps of like, okay, I'm going to get up in the morning. I'm going to, I'm going to walk or move my body in some fashion, or I'm going to start eating the right things instead of eating junk. And I'm going to think positively and I'm going to have my meditation, my gratitude and all of those things. And I'm going to start reading and researching again, all the things I'm, because I love uh, all ideas around self-talk because were so great at the negative self-talk about that. How can I help people empower that positive self-talk to get in touch with who they really are? And I thought, okay, yeah, let's do that. I started doing all those things. And that's how I just gradually, almost exponentially though, really stepped into that high performer. And then I started getting speaking gigs and coaching clients and putting all these pieces into place and, and even restored my ma- marriage a year later. Cause that was totally crumbling, but really just putting these pieces into place so that I can be the happiest person that I be and live the life that I truly desire. And now taking it out there to plant seeds of hope for others that you don't have to live by your mother's expectations. You don't have to live by what you think society wants you to be. No, look at yourself in the mirror, ask yourself what makes you happy. And if you don't know what makes you happy, you were clueless like me, go get that clarity. Go on your own quest and sort that out. And when you do amazing things happen and you'll discover who you really are and you go and you live that and life is amazing. Not easy. It's still a roller coaster ride, but it's amazing. And I love it.
0: I'm taking so many notes here. I have so many questions to ask. I don't know where to start. So this is so good. Lee, this is amazing. I love this so much. I'm so inspired. Uh, this, This is so good. Um, you know, that question of what makes you happy. And I was thinking about this for myself. Like, when did I... So this just occurred. This is just just, just happened to me last month. Uh, we were on vacation in Tennessee with my mom's family. And we rented a house in Gatlinburg, Tennessee, up in the mountains. Uh, we were there for like four days, right? Four and a half days. And I had so much joy on that vacation. My son cried when we... He's never cried after a vacation. He was crying on the way home. He was crying at the house when we were leaving. I had so much joy. We had so much fun there. And it was, and I, I was trying to like gather why, why did I have so much joy on this vacation? Well, first of all, you're with people that you love and you're having fun and enjoying each other's company. Vacation's fun. Nevertheless, cause you have nothing really to do. Right. So there's no responsibilities. So that's fun. But beyond that, I, I was like this joy of being around people that you love and doing things together on a regular basis. And I find whenever I come back home, uh you know, we get caught in work mode and work, 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 and days go by, months go by, uh, years go by, and you haven't like spent quality time with people in your life that you love. So you just inspired me to like, think about that again. Like, how do you cultivate that? How do I cultivate that in my life on a regular basis? How do we all do that? The thing that brings you joy, how to do more of that in life. I love this. I love podcasting, talking, connecting, building relationships, telling stories. So that's really, really powerful another amazing thing what the, what makes you happy is so powerful um you said happiness comes through the laughter and that is so powerful right so w- laughing again for me my favorite show seinfeld so friends in seinfeld same era right but if, if i want to laugh and just like tune out and enjoy myself seinfeld's the show for that so we connected on that level um you said about your 8 year old self i ask this question all yeah. the time to people that i work with And just randomly, I'll ask this question. If I want to break the ice, I'll ask them, what did you want to be when you were 10 years old? Which is just a phenomenal question because 10, eight years old, 10 years old, that's a point in your life where you're old enough to know what you truly love just because you love it. And you're young enough to not be fully influenced by the outside world yet, right? So you're still like, you know what you love and you want to dive into that. And I I love that question because it can help to redirect you on where you want to go in your life. I love the fact that you were living, loving, and laughing, Lee, in school. That is so good. And it's so cool that you found the laughing part and you decided to live and find find love in your life. And okay, so I I needed to cover all those things because those were all like, I have to say something about all those because those all had like an impact on me when you were talking about them. I want to talk about, we spoke about this before the podcast started, uh, your marriage and how you saved your marriage, right? Because you, you said to me before the podcast, you had asked yourself, did I put everything into this marriage? And your answer was no. And that transformed and changed your marriage. Can you speak to that a little bit?
1: Hi, my name is Jose Escobar, and I'm the founder and CEO of the Connected Leaders Academy. We're a growing tribe a community of entrepreneurs all over the world, globally, all across the country, high performers, Titans of industry. If you're an entrepreneur and you're looking to grow personally and professionally, scale your influence, develop your skill sets, move the needle in your business, more clients, more money, more profit, the bottom line. And of course, grow your circle and your network like never before. This is where you want to be. Join the Connected Leaders Academy today. We are scaling massively, we want to welcome you in. Check me out on Instagram and on Facebook, the at symbol, Esco 25 We look forward to having you join us. Take care. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Yes, I think this was probably the last piece of that depression transformation that I, I needed to reconcile. And it was as even though I was working on myself with the laughter and I found my inner child again, I thought, Oh yes, let's go pursue that. I was doing it separately from, from my husband. And there was a hunger for me to, to want to have a great relationship with my husband, but it takes two to participate in the relationship. And while I was putting effort in I was also putting blinders on to maybe the effort my husband was giving at that time. And I, and I I don't think I really gave him the full credit. And, And I was seeing a lot of the, I was having the filter of, well, he's not doing this right. He's not doing that. Right. And I knew, I know the secret is do not condemn, do not criticize, do not complain. And I tried to put that into practice, but I was just in this place in my journey where that was difficult for me. And I also knew that was a choice. And we got to a point of seeking counseling and, and working through those things. And the counseling did not seem very helpful. And I just felt this death inside of me because my husband and I, we were, we met as friends. We were friends for an entire year before we even had romantic eyes for each other. And when that shift happened, then it, it ballooned to, to this beautiful romantic relationship and then getting married and living at a great marriage and then the rides of ups and downs but at this point I didn't feel like I had a husband I didn't even feel like I had a roommate I didn't even feel like I had a friend I thought I had lost all of that I couldn't see any of it and then it reached a point where we were taking this 10-day cruise out of New York we were going to the southern caribbean and it was just him and me and I remember getting on the ship and we had done cruises before and I'm typically the extrovert going out, wanting to meet all the different people from all the different places in the world, create these friendships. And this time I just wanted to get the trip over with mm. and then get back home. And then I was considering, it wasn't a decision, but I was just considering, I think I might start looking for a lawyer. And cause I, I, I was seeking within and I couldn't find anything within, within myself. Like there's just nothing here. I don't love him. I don't like him. I'm just living with him. There's a part of me like, yes, we have our daughter together. I'm like, am I staying for our daughter or or what? And then when we got on the ship and I said to him, look, here's the deal. These next 10 days, it's just you and me, bud. We have no family, no kids, no responsibilities. And this time I'm not here to make friends. You and me, we're either going to make it or we're breaking it. And he just looked at me stunned. And because uh, I learned later, like he didn't even know anything was wrong. He was just, he was just like, I thought we were okay. Now, okay is better than great. I mean, le- not as good as great, but he-, he thought we were okay. He didn't think we were on the verge of, of falling apart. And for me, I'm like, we're can dead I speak inside. to that nothing- for a
0: second? Absolutely. I want to yeah. speak to that because it's so important, right? Because this this was in, in my marriage too. I thought things were just okay. And this is a lot of guys, right? They'll just think things are okay and just kind of going through the motions and floating through. And the truth is in life. And I love this concept because it's so true. You're either going forward or you're falling backward. There's no okay. There's no standing still. If you're standing still, if you're just okay, you're falling backwards. You have to intentionally be growing forward. It has to be that way. Cause, and this is, I mean, this is so common in marriages and in friendships, right. It, it, and everything in life in business and everything, if you are not intentionally growing, you are falling backwards and dying. There's no in between.
1: Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Tony Robbins says at best. If you're not growing, you're dying. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, look, you know, it, it, it's not like an instant death, but it, yeah, it's like that, that going backwards. And so here we are here. I said this to my husband, he's just standing there stunned. And later that evening I'm in the bathroom. I think I'm prepping for bed. And I remember leaning on the vanity and giving myself a hard look in my own eyes and heavy sigh thinking, oh, how am I going to get through these next 10 days? And then I have this inner talk say, Lee, I, I recognize where you're at and and where you're, you know, what you're feeling. So I was owning my feelings and allowing myself to feel all those feels as heavy as it was. And yet I still looked at myself deep in the eyes. And I said, yeah, you, you, you're, you're done. I know you feel that way, but here's the deal. Do you know with every single cell in your body, and we know there's like 3 trillion cells in our body. Do you know with every single cell that you have given all of you and everything that you have to your life partner, to your husband? Because in my mind, that's that's part of the marriage commitment. That's part of the marriage battle. That whether you, that you, give, you give your all, you don't give 1%, 10%, 99.9%. No, you give it your all and rob when i looked at myself and asked myself that question i thought i have to be honest i have to be honest i haven't i haven't yeah. and i can share with the audience that like one piece that i was i was holding back from my husband was that i had started a business it was my my first entrepreneurial business and i was doing it on the side and i was not sharing any of it with him he I had no idea I had a project going on. I thought, oh, I have to give him this project. And part of the reason that I was holding that back wasn't because I was doing some behind the scene scandal or scheme or anything like that. It was my husband in his brilliance is he can step into a business and his brain quickly scans. It's not that he does this intentionally, but his brain can quickly scan the app operations and see all the different pieces that's happening. And his brain will immediately see the voids and, and things where things aren't flowing and they could be shifted just a little bit and they would be better. And his infamous words, you know what they should do? Now, I'm the wife, so I'm around him all the time. And it's like a joke that you hear a thousand times over. Now, Rob, maybe if you were in that company, you would hear it for the first time. But me, I'm hearing it for the thousandth time. Really? Oh, gee, honey, what should they do? And so it's it's a phrase I don't want to hear, right? It right. triggers. And near, now I have my own entrepreneurial business. The last thing I want is my husband to look at my business and tell me what I should do with it, Right. Do you feel that? Yeah. But it was a piece of me that I needed to give into this marriage. And while I knew that was the truth of the matter that I needed to give myself to him, I struggled. It took me into day three. We have a small talk of what we were experiencing, sure. But it took me into day three before I could even say anything on that heart speak. It, I only gave him one sentence. I don't remember exactly what I said. I gave him one sentence. And I noticed that he just received it. There was no rebut. There was no questions. It was just, okay. And then the next day, I gave him a couple more sentences. And and I just kind of built it baby step by baby step. And by the 10th day, when we completed the cruise, I felt there was a conversation, a communication that was happening. Mm -hmm. And at that point, I recognized, hmm, I want to take this home and see if we can keep this going and see where it goes. And so we took it home and over, yes, over time, and it was very, very gradual, I started opening up. And so by the end of day 10, he knew I had a business. I had shared it with him. I was cringing, just waiting for that moment. And, uh, but really what happened on the cruise was he came, because we had a coffee shop that we sat down and he was looking around and he sure up, just pops it up. Like, you know what they should do here? And he went, oh, oh, that's what you're talking about. And I just silently nodded. Yes. Yes. Oh, okay. So here it is Hmm. November. When we take the cruise, we go home and continue the communication and working piece by piece. And in January, mid January, I remember standing in my bedroom, I'm folding the laundry, and putting things away. And he casually walks in and he says, Hey babe, so you know how, yes, I do that thing of, you know what you should do. And I thought, Oh my goodness, put the piece of clothing down. Here it comes. Be prepared. I said, yeah, he said, well, I, I took everything that you told me about your business. And yes, I put it through my filters. And I just have to tell you, you're a freaking genius. <laughs> I was like, what? He, said, <laughs> he says, I, I sound biased because I'm your husband, but I really looked at every piece you gave me and I can't think of anything you should do. You, you're so brilliant. Are you sure nobody else in the world is doing this type of business? And I thought who is this person in front of me right now? Where is this from? And it was from that moment, that conversation. I mean, even before then that he continued to support me and that opened up that possibility, that potential for the conversations and continued support. And it allowed me to first step into a feeling of appreciation and that allowed us to then move into a healing process. Mm -hmm. And I'm happy to share today, Rob, it's, it's been four or five years later and we're, we're happy together. We're in love. We're, we're working partners and, and so supportive and the takeaway I want the audience to have is now I get it. There are some instances where yes, divorce is what needs to happen in that relationship. And so I'm not, I'm not anti-divorce. I just want to say that I think sometimes we take that step too easily and maybe if we got honest with ourselves and we and we worked on ourselves, and it's not to say that the other person needs to do their part too. Again, it takes two to work in a relationship, but when we can get honest with ourselves first and then own that honesty, own all the feelings that come with it, and then work on being the best version of ourselves who we're meant to be. And it may be enough that it then impacts the person that your partner or, or your spouse and they start changing themselves. Cause that's what exactly what happened with my husband. I never told him, Hey, you have to change or, you know, I never laid down an ultimatum. Either you do this or we're done. I didn't do that. I just kept looking at myself in the mirror. What do I need to work on? What do I need to work on? And then hold that space for him. And he came around and he- It blows my mind just how amazing he is of a husband. He's always been a great husband, but just he's, he's so incredibly amazing. And I'm so blessed and so grateful. So if we can get honest with ourselves and then put that work in, and it does take baby step by baby step and allow those things to bloom and grow, we just may find the best relationship that we've ever experienced. And that's what I would want for everybody.
0: Just awesome. I just love that so much. It's so good. You know, and asking yourself that question, uh, you know, have I put everything I can into this? That's a, boy, that's a hard question to ask. Right. And, and I think oftentimes we might avoid that question, not just in our, if it's marriage or relationships, but, uh, with our careers, with our, our faith, with our, uh, physical health, with you could apply it to everything. If I put, everything into this that I know that I can have I done all this stuff because it's so easy to blame and like that's I love uh you know Jocko Willink extreme ownership this 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 taking responsibility for your life that's what you're talking about you're talking about taking responsibility like if I'm going to take if this if this thing's going to happen I need to take full responsibility that I've done everything that I can and, and once you do that the blame goes out the window so like you the blame just gets pushed to the side it's all about me in a good way, right? Not in a selfish way, but it's all about me that I do everything that I could do to make this work. And oh man, I can only imagine. So we're talking about transforming massive depression. If you put everything you possibly could into changing, into transforming to get yourself out of that place, the answer would be, yeah, that's that's how you transform it. You, you, you assess the situation, you put everything you can into that. So as we come to the conclusion of this episode uh, and we're talking about that question, asking the audience that question, anybody listening or watching right now, how, if you're in a depressed place, how can you transform that depression that you're in? Lee, what would you say? I mean, And I, I think I know what you're going to say, but I, I want to give because people are stuck right now. We know lots of people in the world that are stuck in, and they're depressed and they're they feel trapped. They feel Lost, they feel hopeless. They 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 want to blame instead of take responsibility. What would you tell them to uh, begin on that journey or to continue on that journey? Is there and it's the big question for a big issue. But is there something that comes to mind that you could give them right now that would empower them to keep moving?
1: Yes, definitely, if at all possible. One of the strongest things I would encourage is to get out of your environment. So, you know, so long as you're, you're in your home day in and day out, everything that is familiar with depression, it's going, it's, it's going to be there. So if you can get out, especially outdoors somewhere in where you can maybe get in touch with nature, if you, if you have a lake, if you have a beach, if you, for me, I have the mountains, there's hiking trails on the mountains and getting away from your normal environment and getting in, in a natural space and, uh, you know, take a really good friend with you that, you know, a confidant that you trust, if it's not something that you want to do by yourself. And if, if you do choose to do it by yourself, you can ask these questions or just have that conversation with the confidant and try to dig into, do I know what makes me happy? And if you're clueless, it's okay, because that's where I started. And it was just having the awareness of, oh, I am clueless. All right, well, let's go try and figure that out. So it's okay to be clueless, but asking yourself that question and try to sort out what comes up for you. And it's taking yourself again out of that environment. So you don't have any of these normal triggers because if you stayed in your home, trying to ask yourself this sitting on the couch, well, what makes me happy? You're going to come up with everything that doesn't make you happy. So being able to do that. And if you recognize that depression, okay, I'm I'm, I'm depressed. I don't want to be here. I want to be in a different place. I want to be happy and feel that. Well, what, what would do that for me? What would, what would make me happy? Getting outside of that environment, getting into nature, asking yourself that question. And then if you can also give yourself a space, a time an opportunity where everything's quiet, no distractions and journal things out. In writing, not a typing thing. And don't worry about the grammar. Don't worry about the sloppy handwriting. Don't worry about any of those things. It's the act of writing out, having our thoughts processed through our body in handwriting these things. It opens up our unconscious or subconscious and allows things to come through that while we're overthinking it, can't break through that barrier. So when we just start ask yourself what makes me happy and then start writing away and let yourself write whatever incomplete sentences, bullet points, however you want to do it, but we're just, it just flows. It just flows, just flows. And just that process of getting it out. You don't even have to go back and reread it unless you want to. And you may be surprised at what you actually write. And I know through some of the chicken scratch, it might be hard to decipher, but that could be, that could be some of the fun and the problem solving, right? What does that say right there? Oh, and you can find these hidden messages when you allow yourself to just be mm. not thinking I'm just being. And then the last thing, just take those little baby steps. And I'm not, no, not the last thing I do want to encourage you to take what baby steps you can either in the quest of figuring out what makes you happy or in doing the things that, you know, make you happy and don't let anybody stop you. No excuses whatsoever. And then underneath it all, if you find I tried getting out of naturely. I tried journaling. I tried talking with a confident. I am still heavy with depression. If that's your case, friends, I strongly encourage you to seek professional help. There is absolutely nothing wrong with that. You are worth it. Your mental health is worth it. Life is too short to be struggling with depression. And I know depression is a real thing. Mm. And I was on that brink myself. I was honest enough with myself. Like, have I reached that point where I need professional help? And I was almost on that brink, but I, I created the breakthrough for myself and that may happen for you. And that's wonderful. But if it doesn't, and you're like, "Mm, maybe I do, do need to seek professional help. Please do. You are so worth it. And the people around you who need you worth it too. So be open to that as well.
0: Amazing. I love it. Thank you for sharing. So good. If people want to contact you, what's the best way to get a hold of you?
1: Oh, great question. I was thinking about that too. Like what's the best place to find me? Um, I'm going to recommend LinkedIn. And if you look up Lee spelled L Y last name Smith, and you can put Lee Smith dash speaker. And that's where you'll, you'll find my, my profile, drop me a, a, a message there. And I'd love to have a connection with you.
0: Wonderful. Lee, this was great. I really enjoy speaking with you. Thank you for sharing your story, sharing your message. You've, ha- I know you've helped people today. So thank you for that. You've helped me today. So thank you for that. And I just want to thank you for being a part of the Unstuck. Movement.